Good morning. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Claire Dexter, and I'm the Children's and Families Pastor here at HCC. Um, it's such a huge privilege to be asked to speak this morning, and I'm really excited to see what God's going to do. So I'm just going to start with a story. Um, a couple of months ago in Ampt, which is our... Um, which is our 5 to 11's children work here at um, HCC, we were talking to the children about rules and why it's important to have them. We went on to um, establish some basic AMPT rules together, and it was a great session. And um, one of our four basic rules that we agreed together was to keep safe, which is always a good one. And um, I asked the children, <coughs> why do we need to keep safe? And... Um, one little boy put up his hand, and he so confidently said, because we are precious. And what a great moment and an amazing opportunity that was, because I could, or we could, reinforce to our children just how precious they are to God. And I loved his childlike, matter-of-fact, confident attitude, and he just knew how precious he was. And that's going to be a theme that runs through our time together this morning, the word precious, and knowing that we're precious to God. So over the past few weeks, um, I've been praying about what God wanted me to share this morning, and thankfully he did put something on my heart, otherwise this would be a bit awkward right now. <laughs> anyway, in the midst of my praying and speaking to God, he showed me a picture, and it was a picture of curtains. Um, now curtains, by their very nature, with all their fabric and folds, are really easy to hide in, <coughs> um, especially when they cast a shadow. And in the picture, um, I saw people in the shadows created by the curtains, and they were finding it hard to see themselves in the way that God sees and perceives them. The curtains and its shadows were being used as a hiding place. So, this morning you'll be pleased to know I'm not going to speak for 15 minutes about curtains. Um, however, this picture did get me thinking and asking some questions. How does God see us? When we look in the mirror, do we see ourselves as God sees us? What happens if we stay in the shadows? And if we manage to take a step out of the shadows, then what happens? Lots of questions here. And um, I pray that this morning we might go home having heard from God on these things. So my title this morning <clears throat> is Moving from Shadows to Sparkle. Sorry, just going to have a quick drink. So what does God see when he looks at us? Um, one of my absolute favorite Bible verses is found in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 10, and it says this, For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Well, that's just amazing. The word masterpiece implies thought, attention to detail, and something that time's taken over with outstanding skill and consideration. When I was preparing this talk, I typed the word masterpiece into the thesaurus, and a whole different um, bunch of words came up, but the ones that stood out to me were gem, jewel, treasure, and showpiece. And I find it amazing that God, the creator of the whole earth, would consider me and you a jewel or a piece of treasure. And I find myself thinking, 
Does he know that I thought that thing last week? Does he know that I haven't done the hoovering this week? Or does he know that I haven't dusted the house? Maybe I should stop the confessions here, but um, you get the gist. Despite all of this, God sees me as a masterpiece, and he sees you the same. And how did he make us? Psalm 139, verses 13 to 16, tell us that he made us and reminds us he intended us to be here and we're his creation. It says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So he considers us a masterpiece, not designed to stay in the shadows, but to see ourselves as he sees us, so, he can, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. <clears throat> Some of you know that um, I work with the church on a national level, raising awareness of inclusion and supporting children with additional needs in church settings. Recently, I was speaking at a seminar um, at a children's workers' conference on this subject, and before my seminar, I went to another talk, and the speaker asked the group, why are you involved in children's work? One lady put up her hand and said something like, I want to see children sparkle with Jesus. And that was just a great description. That's such a brilliant vision to picture, isn't it? However, I want to see all people sparkle with Jesus, not just children. And that's what we're designed to be, God's masterpiece, a gem, treasure, sparkling with Jesus so we can carry out the good work he planned for us. Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves you. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Again, this verse illustrates how God sees us and how much he loves us. He says he will take delight in us and rejoice over us with singing. So then, if God looks at us like that, how do we see ourselves? When we look in the mirror, do we see what God sees? A treasure, a masterpiece worthy of being delighted in? Or do we see something different to that? So often due to our experiences, words or actions spoken by others or for other reasons, um, it's the latter which can hold us back from sparkling as God intends. Some of you might have heard of Kintsugi. Um, I came across it while I was listening to a talk by Patrick Regan earlier in the year at Spring Harvest. It's an awesome ancient Japanese art technique, and on the screen, um, you can see some pots which have been fixed using kintsugi. It approximately translates as joining with gold. Something broken can be transformed into something even more beautiful, inclusive. (coughs) Sorry, let me just start that bit again. (laughs) The basic principle is that broken pottery in Japan is fixed using gold. Something broken can be transformed into something even more beautiful, inclusive of the break. 
If someone smashes a pot on the floor, it breaks into lots of pieces and it seems unrepairable. However, using kintsugi, it's fixed using gold and becomes this amazing new pot full of value and beauty and something to be celebrated. The pot's history becomes part of its story and it becomes even more precious than it was before. I love this ancient art technique, and I love how it can apply to us metaphorically. This can help us understand our mistakes. <clears throat> what if we've made mistakes? What if we have a story? Does that change what God sees? No. God can take the brokenness and turn it into beauty. Maybe it's just me, but I have scars and several cracks I've accumulated along the way. Like us all, I've got a story. However, do I choose to use them as part of my story and use them to add beauty, distinction, and see them as part of the refining process, or do I let them hold me in the shadows? So how then? How do we take those first steps out of the shadows into the light so that we can grasp how precious we are to God, just like that little boy in Amped? What does that actually look like, and how can we sparkle with Jesus? <clears throat> well, the first thing that we need to do is fix our eyes on Jesus. Psalm 34, verse 5 says, Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. When we look to God and listen to him, instead of listening to what the world says, if we look to him for everything that we need, we will sparkle with radiance and everything changes. I believe the next thing that we need to do is gather some courage and be brave and thirdly, take a first step. And what might that first step look like for you? There's a story in the Bible, um, <coughs> sorry, there's a story in the Bible where the disciples are in the boat and Jesus walks on water towards them. They were scared because they were fighting waves. And Matthew 14 verse 27 tells us that Jesus said, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Jesus here invites the disciples to take courage because it's there to be taken when we need it. Next, Jesus tells Peter to step out of the boat and come towards him. Verse 29 says that Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards him. He fixed his eyes on Jesus and walked on water towards him. Peter had to take courage. Then he had to literally take an action, and in this case, he had to take a first step. If we don't take a step, we'll never move. So this message is quite personal to me. Um, this past year has been a challenge for me, personally. I returned to work after being a full-time mum to my two beautiful children, and it's been really hard. The past few years haven't been easy for us as a family, um, for a whole range of reasons, I've battled anxiety and um, some other mental health challenges, and I have, at times, felt in the shadows, scared to be noticed. This has been a long journey, and I never thought I'd be here, standing here telling you guys. <laughs> at the beginning of this year, God spoke to me so clearly about needing to be brave and take courage, and I knew that meant I was going to be pushed out of my comfort zone, otherwise why would I need courage? So as you can imagine, I didn't actually like what God was 
speaking to me. <laughs> However, I know God is for me. I know I'm designed to sparkle, so I chose to listen and obey. And throughout the year, I've been fortunate enough to have so many amazing new opportunities and experiences, and God has opened um, doors that I couldn't have even imagined. And oh my goodness, I've had to take courage in abundance. I've had to choose to be brave, and then, like Peter, choose to say yes and take a step. And then what happens? If we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, then we begin to feel courageous, brave, and sparkle as we step into everything God designed us to be. I tell you this to encourage you. I'm on a journey. Um, and like all of us here, I know there's more. But if we keep choosing to take courage and take small steps, who knows where we might end up. I'm excited to see a whole church, town, country, world of people sparkling and shining with Jesus as they see themselves as he does. And maybe you need to take some courage this morning and dare to see yourself as God sees you. A masterpiece designed to sparkle and live a life of freedom. If that's you, maybe the first step is being prayed for. In my experience, usually the hardest part is saying yes. So I'd encourage you, if that's you, take courage, be brave, and see what God will do. Amen. <clears throat>